What happens when your worst fear becomes your reality? Hi, I'm Brent Cassidy. Welcome to the Nightmare Success in and Out podcast, where we explore how to overcome your fears and nightmares to set yourself free. We're going to be exploring this topic with guys I was in Leavenworth with and others who served time at other prisons. We're going to be talking about life before prison, life in prison, and life out of prison. These stories can be inspiring, sometimes sad. There's some humor, but hopefully you can come away with a nugget of something that will help you knock down some of the prisons you've built up in your own mind. Folks, today I'm really excited about this guest that I have because I was just recently on uh, a podcast, Born Unbreakable, with Des Maya, who has an excellent podcast and is doing great things. And the funny thing was, is we got talking after the podcast. She said, oh my gosh, you got to talk to this Anthony Pierre, man. He's got such a great story. And he said, you guys get along so well. And so she was nice enough to actually connect us up through uh, an email. And then Anthony and I connected up and we set up a time here. And just to tell you a little bit about Anthony. Anthony, uh, he's kind of got that story where you're like, how did that happen? Uh, you know, he, he grew up and he, he, there was a, a, an event that happened where he heard a, a school teacher talking about him, like that kid's not going to be any good. That kid's not going anywhere. And he took that upon himself instead of taking that as a limiting belief that that's exactly what was going to happen. He took it the other way and said, no, I'm going to show that teacher what I'm going to be. And he got A's and he, he got, he was in football and got a, a scholarship and he went on, he got out and he blew it up in the uh, real estate world. He started a mortgage company. Uh, it was Ace Mortgage, and then went in and became a real estate investor, very successful real estate investor. But, you know, as there always is, there's that blindside hit, and he was trying to help a guy out that he was a lifetime friend with, and it ended up in a bad nightmare. And uh, he's here, and he's, um, he's gotten out. He served six years. And he has recreated himself and entered back into the world as a success. He's an author of Boundless Success. Uh, check it out on Amazon. So, everybody, I'd like to introduce Mr. Anthony Pierre. Thank you, Anthony, for being here. Man, thank you, Brent, for having me, man. It's, it's such a pleasure, man. Such a pleasure. So, Anthony, I got it. You know, the your story reads... And, you know, I, every, I've, I've, as you see these type of things or read these type of things, you're like, wow, how'd he get back up? You know, he was up, he got knocked down, he got back up. He's, when you were growing up as a kid, what was your life like? What, what, was, what was Anthony doing as a kid growing up? Did you have a normal childhood? Was it difficult? What was happening back then? Well, you know, I mean, growing up uh, as a kid, I mean, my mother, you know, my father, mother, they were married, uh, you know, but uh, when I was about 14, they had a divorce. But, you know, so that was a different change. So my father grew up, he was uh, worked at GM. So, of course, we had a pretty, you know, middle class type lifestyle, you know, and uh, I was big in sports as a kid, uh, played, you know, baseball, football, you know, basketball, your typical sports was always an athlete, pretty decent athlete. Uh, you know, just one of those just basic kids, man. I, you know, nothing super special. Wasn't really a big school guy. Never was really into school. It was like always a household mom. Always have to yell at me and time to get up. I was just that that guy. I was that kid that you just had to keep doing that. But but for the most part, I was a happy go lucky kid. I've always been a positive kid. 
I always looked at things from a positive perspective. So I was the kid that a lot of kids like to be around because yeah. I was just, you were just um, wired that way. I was just wired that yeah. way. I always been positive. I always looked at things from a, from a more positive perspective. So, so that was just kind of my take, man. So, and I, and I kind of carried through life, uh, but I, but I was, you know, mischief. I used to get into a lot of different things. I didn't mind skipping school and doing <laughs> stuff like that because I didn't like school. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, what led to that moment that you kind of mentioned about when I, when I, you know, kind of got serious about my life, man, because I had a, had a teacher say, Hey, you know, how old would you have been then, Anthony? Fifth, sixth grade? Uh, at that, at that time, I think I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what age is that. Man, like, probably 11, sixth 12, grade, probably 10, 10, 12, 11, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that that age, and you know, but uh, the same gentleman that I end up catching my case with was the same gentleman that I had skipped with when she said that he had a future, and I had no future, and don't hang with me, and that really hurt me and made me really look at things different. And at that moment, I just was on a mission to to really prove her wrong because it wasn't that I was couldn't have been great at school. It was the fact that I just didn't like school. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. there was no real motivation to be in there. And, you know, when I was there, it was just like trying to just get through it. So yeah. to speak. Uh, but that was like the really first time that it was like, hey, I, I can't get through this. I, I need to excel at this. So let me grab this bag and let me sit down and do this homework. <laughs> so you got competitive <laughs> with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I got competitive because I was an athlete. So I was always competitive. You yeah. know? So, so yeah. That, and that's really what it was. It was like me against her. Like every day it was like, I'm about to prove her wrong. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's what it was. So it was like night and day, man. And, and that really showed me one thing, which I think is important and hopefully your listeners, you know, get this point is that I realized that, you know what I'm saying? That, she was never going to define me that I define myself or who I am or who I want to be. Right. And I think that's for each and every individual person. It does not matter. Even if you're going in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter if you're confused right now, don't understand what you should be doing, why you should be doing it, but you can never, you don't never have to let anyone or any one situation define who you are and let that be the actual bowling ball, so to speak, or, yeah. you know, uh, just path of your entire existence in life. And I think that's, when I really realized that once I started, you know, getting A's and started turning everything, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I can do this. Let me yeah. just turn in, turn in my work. Let me do all, let me start with doing all my homework and let's <laughs> see how that go, right? And uh, and then it started to work out, man. And and that's kind of, you know, where, where it started. And I was I was off and running at the time. I had a lot of confidence in my ability to do things. I mean, I, I was even voted in the eighth grade, voted the, uh, what is it, the president or something like yeah. that? I, I do a student, student council body, yeah, student body yeah, president. Yeah, student body council president. Like, you know, the whole school was shot. And I was there <laughs> since I was like in kindergarten. So everybody knew about, you know, Anthony, the little terror, you know, coming up. So now, did you have any had, siblings? Did you have yeah, I got, brothers? I had siblings. Yeah, I had siblings. I had a, a sister. I got two sisters and a brother. Yeah. Uh, all younger. I was the oldest. Oh, so you were the oldest. Okay, so you were leading yeah, the way. The Okay. I was leading the way. Yeah. I was leading the path. I was leading the pack. So. What were your, um, in that time period with high school and those things were, did you run more or less with the guys that were playing sports and doing that? Or was there, a, was there an element of temptation anywhere else that, that you had to try to stay away from or anything? Or did you just have a pretty normal high school world? 
So, well, my mother family is really close knit. So okay. I grew up a lot with my cousins, and all of them were like into sports and stuff like yeah. that. And then, you know, I had a, a, a few friends of, of school, which is one, the one uh, that we became really, really close friends. But most of them was neighborhood friends. We played sports and then it was family. And that's kind of, you know, how my life has always that sounds been. sounds good. A couple of close friends and, and then family uh, has always been my biggest uh, support. So that was kind of my life. I mean, we grew up spending the night from family to family house and who's going to go over this cousin's house this week. I mean, that was like, yeah. you know, us, you know, when I go back to childhood, that's you know, what I remember or, you know, or, or auntie saying, no, Tony, you're too bad. You're not coming over this weekend. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> like, Oh, like, so I would have to be good next time. So I go over to auntie, you know, so-and-so house. So, so that was just like my childhood, man. It was, it was pretty cool. It wasn't really filled with any type of, you know, badness or, or violence or nothing like that. I wasn't around the streets like that, even though we had, you know, we wasn't rich, uh, but we wasn't necessarily poor. But even when we were in poor situations, it didn't seem like we were poor. So it's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have never known that until you really go out and see the rest of the world. So right. it, it was pretty normal in terms of how, how, you know, I grew up, so to speak. So when you we when you enter the the back end of high school and you know that you get a where did you end up going to college? Well, I end up you know coming out of uh, college and I end up going to junior college. Okay. I end up I end up you know uh, having you know when I was coming I was great I was a pretty good athlete. I used to get a lot of letters from like a lot of the top top uh, colleges like Penn State and Pittsburgh and all those things for football. But I didn't, I didn't do well on my SATs or my ACTs. I only took it once. I always I hated little, the SATs. I was a little, I, was a little uh, I guess maybe a little, little had a little bit of overconfidence. Yeah. So I took it like the last year at the last second, and I really didn't get the scores that was really favorable for some of the schools that I wanted to play at. So I elected to go and play junior college. Okay. So I went and played junior college for a couple of years down in the Illinois junior uh, college system uh, for a school called uh, Joliet Junior College. I've heard and of that. That's yeah. I my, and then that's where I earned my scholarship. I earned a scholarship from there to Western Illinois University. And then, and down there, you know, uh, home at 11X. And I went off and, and, and played uh Red shirt one year and then played uh, two years on the field. So, so I was in college for five years, you know, and that was during that time. I, after in 93, 94, I came out of college right around 97. Something like that. What positions did you play, Anthony? You know what? I played, I played uh, in junior college, I played running back. Okay. But in, when I got to Western Illinois, I played everything. I played both ways. I was one of the, one of the few players that played both ways. I played cornerback and I played running back. So I was kind of, you know, I was uh, starting at the corner and then I will also alternate and play running back. And then my last year, I just played running, I played quarter, I mean, played cornerback. Uh, but I did all the special teams. I was, you know, on all the returns and, you know, I, you know, broke a lot of records, blocking punts and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I was doing. I was just like the athletic yeah. kid. And, you were the athlete. And, they they yeah. recruit athletes now. They just call them athletes and they play them yeah. wherever position. So when you, yeah, when you, play uh, everywhere. yeah, you played everywhere. So I'm curious, the, the real estate whole piece of that, did that start to develop when you were in college or did you pick up on that as you got out of college? Well, well, when I was in college, I, I, I studied a, Special education. So I was I was wanting to teach, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that I was interested in. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it was one of my buddies on the football team was like, hey, have you heard of special education? I said, yeah, no, I don't know. What, what is that? And he told me about it. I said, oh, that's interesting. He says, well, they looking for male teachers. And I was like, really? I said, well, man, that's something I'm interested in. So I went into that field thinking that, hey, it was a need. And then also I like I was I like the idea of maybe teaching because I didn't like a lot of teachers. I hated how they dealt with people. So I always thought that if I ever wanted to teach, I'm going to be different, you know. So that was kind of what it was. But when I was in high school, we had a, a couple of successful uh, teachers that came in uh, that was substitute. Uh, we had one NFL player used to come in and substitute a lot of time. And he used to give us a lot of wisdom as kids and what we should do. And then we had one other uh, retired guy that used to come in and he would always talk about real estate and, and investing in the stock market. And that was like me and one of my other best friends was something that we would always talk about at school. Like, oh, did you talk to so-and-so? And he was talking about this. And yeah. man, you know, I think, you know, real estate. And he says, you know, you can invest in, you know, this type of fund or you can put money in a bond and make interest. You know, so, you know, these were things that we were interested. I started being interested in, but I didn't know anything, how to do it, where to go. Had no clue. But but that was the seed that was planted. So. So when I was in my senior year and 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 well my my final year in college, and you know I I worked out for like about thirteen or so twelve thirteen NFL teams, and I was going through that process and I was thinking like well if I don't get drafted or if I don't if I don't you know get a decent free agency, what do I really want to do? Do I really want to teach? Mm-hmm. And you know my last year I realized that I wanted to teach but I didn't want to teach in the school system, and and because. I really didn't like the environment. And, and the funny thing is I didn't like the lunchroom smell. Like, did you go to school? Like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stand that when that's I was pretty doing common. My, Yeah, I, I couldn't stand that when I got back into school and I started teaching my first little class with some uh, special ed students. I couldn't stand the smell. I, it, it took me back. And I was yeah. like, oh, I hate that smell. And then I didn't like the wet mop smell either. So yeah. I didn't like the lunchroom smell or the wet mop smell. But what really did it for me is that I didn't like being in a teacher's lounge because like my first day in a teacher's lounge, we were sitting in there and they were talk they were talking about all the kids. And I was like, so this is what you guys do. So really I was just turned off, uh, you know, because they would, you know, talk about certain kids that did certain stuff. And, and I'm just listening there and I just was like, you know what, do you want to do this for the next 20, 25, 30 years of your life sitting in these rooms? Uh, so at that moment, I had kind of made a decision like, you know what, I think I am going to just finish up what I need to do. And But I was almost done. Like I had been studying for those, those years for special education. Yeah. So I only had my practicums left to actually, you know, graduate. But I decided to change my major at the last minute to just like sales management. I went into like a special program that can keep a lot of my credit hours. And I just kind of did a liberal type arts type degree to actually just finish up and make sure that I didn't waste all those credit hours. And, yeah. and that was kind of how uh, I graduated, but I didn't even graduate then. That's what's so funny. Like I didn't graduate in 97, like I was supposed to, I was supposed to do an insurance uh, and then come back for like 12 hours to finish that course. And I did the insurance. Uh, what do you call it? When, when you guys, you know, uh, go in and, and intern. I did an yeah, intern internship. With an insurance company and I didn't get that didn't that that was all right, but I didn't like it. But I decided because I got that position in the mortgage industry with, with the guy, I decided that, man, why go back 
I got this opportunity uh, and I could probably make more money, you know, doing this. And then also I had decided my last year after working out for NFL teams and I had a couple of opportunities. I had the same age as my cousin. I decided to just walk away from football altogether. And that was because I had decided that, you know, I was only looking at a free agent opportunity at that time. And I was being looked at by a lot of different teams, but, and they were all talking free agent. And I had did a research on what was it because my cousin played at that time in the league. And I'm like, what's the minimum? Like, and I'm trying right. to do all my research. And I think for me coming out, it was like 115 K at that time. Yeah. And I'm like, 115,000. That wasn't the millions that I've been waiting to, you know, <laughs> to get to, man. So, so for that, I decided, man, I already had two uh, knee surgeries coming out of high school and I just kind of made the decision to walk away. And then I figured like, if I could make 50 grand, you know, working at a company, mm-hmm. I think I'll be doing okay. Yeah. You know, and then going and go through that whole process. Cause it's a process when you play football sure. ever since you was six or seven years old. And then now you in, you know, college and you going to that next level and it's a, and now it's a job yeah. and you're talking about football 24 seven. I mean, that's your life. So, yeah. uh, so I just made a decision to walk away and that was kind of that and, 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 and work my way in. So you found your way into, was it an internship that you got into with the real estate or did you find somebody that you knew in real estate? How did that work? No, I had I did a little bit of research. So I know I wanted to, to maybe learn how to get into real estate, but I had no clue how I was going to get into real estate. But when I decided to leave school yeah. and not go back. Well, the, the reason I ask you, Anthony, it seems like you would have been fairly young when you were making big inroads with Ace Mortgage and that. It's, I mean, just by looking through, thumbing through your book part, how old would you have been when you started making some big jumps. I was like 24. Yeah. Like, that's that's like young. Yeah. Yeah. I was 24 when I, when I had, uh, I had heard about the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing my internships and stuff like that. And then I was working, uh, part time at a, uh, a rental car place. Yeah. And that's when I met a guy and he was telling me about the mortgage industry. And then and instantly when I learned what it was, I was like, well, people got to get mortgages for houses. Yeah. If I can get there, then that'll put me one step closer to figuring out how to purchase a house in real estate. So that was the two. So that's what made me go into the mortgage industry. And then I met one of my mentors, Jerry. Uh, He had just started his first company. And then I became owner within within six months and actually became vice president. And I was his, you know, it was one and two. And I was his Robin. And, you know, we kind of, you know, blew that, that company up and, and, and did some amazing things beyond what I could have imagined as a 24, 25 year old. And then shortly after that, I had started my other company, which was Mactone Investments, which was roughly right around about 2000, uh, the year 2000. And you would have been maybe your early 30s then or what? Yeah, I was 20, what was I? 28? 28, like 29, that. yeah. Yeah, I was like 27, 28, somewhere yeah. right around that. You were making some moves, I'm like 97, I was, in yeah, your 20s. I was, yeah, I was 28. Yeah, I was 28. I, I went, uh, like I said, I ended up uh, purchasing probably that year over you know, $2.2, $2, almost $3 million in real estate and 
did some amazing, you know, some amazing things. And I was still a young guy. So yeah, yeah, it, it was it's impressive. And then, and personally wise, are you married then? Or do you have kids then? At one I was point? married and I got divorced. So I okay. was with my, my wife, my girlfriend from all throughout college. We was together for like seven years. We were married. We got married and then we ended up getting divorced somewhere right around about 2002. Okay. Uh, so roughly after I just started to really blow up, like, and then me and her kind of fell yeah. out. And that was then at that time I was happens. raising my youngest daughter. Yeah, I was raising my youngest daughter. Uh, she was, you know, uh, I, I started raising her since she was two, and then I had just had my my uh, my son Anthony. Okay. Uh, at that time, and he was like one, and then you know that was that. So tell me about all this is happening. You're blowing up. You're doing well everything that you probably would have dreamed of was happening for you. Tell me when the nightmare hits. Well, I mean, the first nightmare was, uh, was a lesson that I would never forget. And that kind of, you know, started everything. The first lesson was when the stock market and when nine 11 happened. And yeah. because our company, we had, we were kind of a hybrid, so to speak. We invested in the real estate, but we did our cash flow income leveraging the stock market. Yeah. So, uh, because again, when that. I was a kid, that's what I heard. So I was leveraging both, yeah. and we were we were heavily into options and puts and doing things like that. So when the uh, dot com uh, imploded, you know that kind of affected us, and then also nine eleven it ended up really, really affecting us because we made a really bad error that ended up uh, costing us uh, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, matter of fact, I'll tell you the quick story is that when we set up, we had two hedge counts. Uh, one of the accounts was uh, set for just to play one side of the market and the other ones we was doing on the other side of the market. And when 9-11 hit, you know, I'm talking to, you know, my really my best friend out of the world, but we call ourselves brothers. But I'm talking to him and I'm saying, what the heck happened? Because we was losing millions of yeah. dollars. And I'm like, what happened? Like, And I'm dealing with the real estate. He's yeah. dealing with, with that part of it. And and he's telling me what was happening. And then I said, hey, did you did you hedge the other account? You know, we had all that money in the other account. I thought you was going to hedge it just in case something like this happened. I said, did you leverage it? And then he gave me this silly look on his face. And he's just like, man, I, no. He's like, I was so, it was just happening so fast. He was like, I... I never seen anything like this. It was just, it just, I, I, I didn't, I'm sorry. So I says, well, what would have happened had we done that? So yeah. he went back, did a little research and, and did, went back and replayed. And if he had done what he should have done, what we had planned to do, uh, he realized that he says, man, you're going to hate me probably for the rest of my life. He says, but if we would have did that, he says, you know, what would be worth right now. I says, well, he says, we'll be roughly worth about $26 million. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. I'm like, Wow. So that was our first yeah. where we started, you know, losing, you know, we did some other things we tried to invest in. We mm -hmm. ended up losing a whole lot of money, did a big concert. You can probably look at where we brought uh, OJ Simpson to do some autographs and mm -hmm. that didn't go well. So it's like all kind of stupid stuff that we were doing and we were just losing money. So that was our first nightmare. And then, you know, roughly after that, we started making a move, you know, back. Uh, 2008 was another crash. But but we were already I was leveraging myself uh, in the real estate, you know, in a way that I was being able to take advantage of what was going on at that time. So it was actually starting to be yeah, really, really great. Advantageous for me, despite, you know, the misfortunes that was going on with everyone else. But it was in 2000. 
uh, early 2009 when when the real nightmare, when I had decided to to do a, a favor to try to help a friend out of a bad situation where I ended up getting caught with contraband in my car and they, they end up arresting me and, you know, the rest is history, man. And so, man. so Anthony, I, cause I, I want to make sure that I understand it, but you, you weren't in any type of business of drugs or anything. You, this guy came to you, you you'd known for a long time. You were in and out of whatever city this was because of business. And you thought, Basically, it wouldn't be a big deal because you would just be a business guy driving from here to there and you're dropping something off. Is that pretty much what it was? No, I mean, it's a little bit more than that because here's the thing. And just to keep it 100 for your, your, yeah. your listeners, you can't grow up around and be around drug dealers and things like that and not be affected by that world, sure. right? Or even that lifestyle. So, yeah. so I had, you know, friends and family that, that was in that, that I would see and be around all the time and see. So it wasn't like I was just over here in suburban America and I wasn't near it. It wasn't near it enough to where I could touch it yeah. first and foremost. And then secondly, I had already been doing a lot to help a lot of guys in that industry try to get out. So I was already helping like helping them, you know, get homes and yeah. helping them, you know, uh, showing them how to actually convert their money Take over that money and put it in the right places, it, yeah. put it into investments. So I was already kind of, you know, and that's why I said I was kind of reaching down mm -hmm. because I wasn't really, you know, when you grew up around it, I don't, I didn't see it the rest of the way the rest of the world look at it yeah. until I actually got it pulled into it. I was saying like, man, I can help these guys. Man. I can help them get out. If they can convert from, you know, putting the energy or they're doing selling drills, they can get over here in real estate, do it legitimately and get out here and, and, and get away from the streets. Yeah. So that was kind of what was going on. So this was a similar type situation for him where, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I can help you, man. Like, you know, you need to, you know, I knew these people. I was already associated with these people. I already helped some of these people, you know, get, you know, get, you know, real estate and other different things. And I was trying to get him to say, Hey, you know, stop it. But he had got into a bad jam and needed, and it was really like that one more, this is how you see in the movies, like, hey, we're going to do this one bank robbery, yeah. this last one, right? This is going to be the one, and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of one of those situations, like, man, but if I can get this. It would have been what, a good pay I, for everybody. It'd be good pay for everybody. Yeah. I can you know, go off, and then I can do what I really want to do, which was he wanted to uh, you know, do this trucking company yeah. thing that he wanted to do. Uh, so that was really what it really was. So I decided to help after telling him for like three weeks, like, no, 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 no. But he kind of pleaded with me and then I kind of got soft and was like, you know what? All right, man, let, let, let us get this done. And, you know, and, and hopefully we can move forward. And, and I was starting to set up his, what he was going to do with his new business. Uh, so when I got back and whatever, but, but I didn't ever made it back. I ended up getting caught up. I didn't know that he was being looked at, you know, by, you know, other authorities and they were tapping phones and I didn't, I was, oblivious to a lot of the stuff that was going on and and i ended up getting myself in, in in something that was a lot bigger than me so the day that it happened uh what what went through your mind you see the sirens uh i think it was you got pulled but over if, if i could show you my picture when i was locked up that'll tell you what was going on in my mind i mean i had my face was <laughs> i was just in shock yeah i couldn't be, i couldn't believe that i was actually now you know, uh, you know, when I got stopped, I, I thought it was routine, but it wasn't. And then 
when I realized that this was bigger and this was something else, uh, that's when I really, you know, started to think like, wow. But I was always optimistic. I told you that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm always thinking like, oh, you can get out of this some way. You know, he just illegally stopped me. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It, I was looking at everything like it's a way, you know, yeah. I, it's a way out of this. Like, I mean, I'm suited and booted every day. Like I'm a businessman. <laughs> like, right. I can get out of this. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, we can make it happen. They, they, they made a lot of errors. And when I was talking about attorney, that's what I was telling them. Like, man, they illegally stopped me, man. They had no reason to stop me. They yeah. didn't ever give me a ticket, you know, nothing. They illegally searched my, you know, my vehicle. They brought dogs and all these other different things. Right. So, but the reality of it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, and you went through it. It was a lot of, you know, it's the only industry, if we keep it real, where they can break the law to uphold the law. Yep. So they're never held accountable for breaking the law or violating your rights or anything like that. They're never held accountable for that. So it's really, uh, uh, you know, you got everything against you. And I, and that's one of the things that, you know, I used to, I teach a lot, you know, in my academy and I teach a lot with, you know, is that understanding, uh, you know, you against what odds you are against when you when you're doing anything. You have to do the numbers. You have to look at the whole full picture before you decide what vehicles you may pick. You know, what I'm saying in your yeah. life in order to you know uh, be successful. Uh, and I think I learned a lot from this experience. So, Anthony, the the day that it happened, and then how long did this process happen? Going through it before you realized it. Hey, I'm 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 done. I'm I'm, I'm going to plead. I think you said you were looking at 22 years and ended up getting six years. Did how long did that whole process take for you to walk through that? I mean, it was you know I I knew uh, I didn't know where I would be at, but it probably was about seven months when yeah. uh, me locked up, and that's when I kind of came to the reality, uh, that, and that's why they make it extremely difficult, and that's another systematic thing that they do uh, with the bonds and stuff like that. Like it makes it difficult for you to get out. So you can already start to acclimate into a prison type lifestyle. Right. So I'm locked up. I'm in there, you know, it's miserable, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know where I'm going. I need some type of closure. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, where I kind of thought about when I was looking at 22 years, uh, I was talking to a, another friend of mine who had did 15 years, uh, probably a, a three weeks before at a sushi bar. We just met, and I remember him telling me something that made me really, you know, make that decision to go ahead and plead and take that six years. Is because he was telling me, he says, Anthony, he says they offered me five years. He says, but I was innocent, and I was, I knew that I could fight it, and I knew that everything they had done was wrong. And and he says, but none of that mattered. He says, I end up going all the way to the box uh, and trying to fight it. He says, I end up getting the judge ignored everything, threw everything, didn't pay any attention, didn't care. And I end up getting 15 years. And he says, if I would have just took five years, that, you know, that would have been 10 extra years that I'm with my kids, a long my time. family. You know, that's a long well, time. Speaking of your kids, how, how old would your kids have been when you were going through this right at this moment? My, uh, my youngest was, uh, Aiden was eight. Yeah. Anthony was 10. Courtney was 16 at the time. And Amaya was two. I've got a Courtney. My oldest is Courtney. So uh, yeah, my oldest is Courtney yeah. too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so Anthony, you, that, I mean, so were you, I, it, it just blows my mind how this, you were, you had all this going on and then all this happens and explodes. What is your family thinking? 
Well, I mean, my family was extremely, my mother, I mean, more than anything, man, looking at my mom's face, man, my mother was so disappointed. Yeah. You know, you know how you, you, you can see it. Yeah. The worst thing you can see is when your mom come, right? That, that is like the worst feeling ever, man. And that was for me, like that moment, because my father had passed when I was like 18, yeah. 17, 18. But my mother, man, and I know how hard she worked to put me in positions. I know everything that I know. All I, you know, you know all the struggle, right? Yeah. And then for you to be there and to be in a position to be educated, and then now you're sitting here, you know, uh, looking at 22 years in prison, man. It was hard. I mean, it, it it broke my heart, and it was just like one of the most difficult things to experience. And then on top of that, the kids, because I was supposed to pick my kids up that they, you know, I pretty much, you know, my kids were with me all the time, you know, and they went. And we were setting up for them to be with me during the school year because they usually would be with me during the school year. So so that was difficult, too, knowing that that weekend was coming and then they were with their moms and that now they wouldn't potentially see me unless they would have to see me, you know, behind bars. So that was, man. So those are two of the most difficult mm. things right there, family and then your children yeah. uh, and having to really face them and look at that and then realize how many people you let down. And then all the other people that, you know, business-wise, right? I mean, it was a lot of people that I did business with, a lot of people that, you know, relied on me, a lot of people that worked for me, right? Yeah. That, you know, enjoyed what we were doing, what mm -hmm. we were building. So, so you, it was a lot of people that was let down and, and, and very, and, and probably highly disappointed with that situation. So you, you finally put all this to bed and you know, you're doing six years. Where, where did you go? What, what, what prison did they send you to? I ended up going to uh, Chillicothe is where I yeah. ended up. I was there briefly. Uh, and I was there for about eight months. And then eventually uh, they shipped me to London, Ohio, okay. which is London prison. And that's where I finished up the rest of my time, which was in London. So, Anthony, what was your, you know, going in, you know, and uh, talking to all these different people whenever their first day going in and, and, you know, what's going through your mind. Did you have any particular way that you thought, how am I going to handle this? You know, this is different. You know, this is, this is the unknown world of, of something I, I'm going to have to figure out. What, what was, what were your thoughts? Well, for me, man, I was angry, man. So I think uh, that was like the most turbulent, Mm -hmm. time for me and that was the most unpredictable time and that was probably the most vulnerable time when things could have unraveled and I could have maybe did something yeah. crazy right that because happens. I was yeah yeah because I was angry man you know can't do anything they got you kind of bottled up you know you're not feeling like you you're being heard you're not getting any justice the right. system is just built against you no and control no control yeah. And so I was angry, man. I mean, I, you know, I get into a lot of little, you know, altercations. I was real angry, real, you know, pissed off. And, and well, it's kind of like a powder keg in there. Everybody's right on the edge. You know, I, I think the, yeah. as the guys get in there longer, they are less of a powder keg, but I think yeah. that your nerves and your stress level and your, un, the unknown and how to get into a new routine and all those things, they're right there. Right there. And you can, you can go off like a, and that does happen to some people. And then that, that ends up being really bad because they're in a new situation and they get a worse situation because they've, they've gone off when they probably normally wouldn't have. Especially when you got things like you got assets, you got businesses, you got yeah. things going, you got, 
I, I can't be in here right now. I have to I'm be busy. here tomorrow. Like, <laughs> right. like I got things that I have to do. Like this can't happen. You know, yeah. so frustration. When, when, when you in that situation, it's, it's frustration. So, so to answer your question, you know, I was really angry, man. I mean, that was really, you know, uh, the telltale for me. Angry what do you, person. what do you think for you, Anthony, was your turning point? Because I noticed that you, you ended up doing a lot of things positive in prison. What, what do you think came to you to, for your mindset shift? Spirituality, man. I think, you know, for a long time while I was in there, man, I was not really interested in anything spiritual. Like, so anybody would try to like bring up anything, articles, Hey man, read the Bible, do this, do that. You know, for the, maybe for the first, you know, couple of weeks, month, about a month or so in there, man, I was just against all of that. I wasn't, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not in here because of God. I'm in here because of my decision, poor decision. You know, I'm not about to go and run to God and, and beg for forgiveness and, and be a hypocrite. And then right back, you know what I'm saying? If things go right, I'm right back in the streets doing the same thing and, 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 and not really giving the type of, you know, reverence and respect that I think, you know, God is due if you're really going to be spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. so I always looked at, you know, a lot of people that was religious, I always looked at them as hypocritical. I just always was like, man, you, you're faking it. You don't really love God because if you love God, you wouldn't do X, Y, Z. So I had this perverted, so to speak, viewpoint on religion at that time. I kind of, you know, uh, studied a little bit. when I, And another reason is in high school, in college, I studied a lot of the different religions. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started to form my own different viewpoint. I studied Taoism, Buddhism, Shinto. Confucianism, all these different things, because I was so intrigued. You know, when you're in college, you want to learn all these sure. things, right? Yeah. So as yeah. I started to gradually grow, I just had this other viewpoint. And I really didn't want to be disrespectful and just start now. Oh, save me, God, out of this situation when I wasn't praying or doing anything before I got in that situation, right? right. So, so to answer your question, that's uh, that's what that's turned what, you. Yeah. That's what turned me, man. Really, really uh, starting to add a guy that was on me and kept bugging me and. And, and finally, you know, he cracked it and and he forced me and, and, and gave me, made me through a Bible on my table and was like, forget it, throw it in the trash, man. But I'm you, you going to, you know, read it. And, and finally, looking at it, me staring at that Bible, I finally picked it up and started reading. So that was a turning point for me. And that's when I started to get a source, a, a sense of peace of being able to kind of read it, reading stories, looking at other people in ancient times, their lives looking at other trials, looking at how they dealt with the trials, looking at how they went through the trials and how they relate, how they relied on God through the trials. Uh, it started giving me a, a different and a fresh perspective on the spiritual side. So that was like the number one thing for me, man. And that's what really helped me most important. That was like, the- well, and from there you started teaching people and you taught a lot of people through their GED and real estate. And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I ended up getting baptized as uh, one of Jehovah's Witnesses while I was in prison. So uh, teaching was something that I was always doing on the spiritual side. But in one occasion, I had uh, I had a bunkie that wanted that, that. They used to hear about us, used to know about our commercials, knew about what we did. You know, a lot of people knew about it. when I was in there. A lot of people knew me. I didn't know who they was because right. they would see our commercials and they knew that I was a real estate guy. Yeah. So, you know, you had a lot of people who say, hey, I want to learn about real estate. But I had a, a bunkie that really wanted to learn about real estate. And he had asked me, like, man, I really want to learn. And he was from Detroit. And he was like, I've been wanting to learn about real estate all my life, man. And I just never had anybody teach me. So 
uh, that was like the start of it. So I didn't know how I wanted to teach it because at this moment, I'll have been locked up for a couple of years now. I was different. I had started looking at life differently. Uh, I started looking at life more from a spiritual perspective and doing things in a more upright, righteous way, uh, you know, making sure, you know, decisions are right. Uh, so now I had to figure out, okay, how do I teach real estate? Because I didn't want to teach the rah, 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 get rich type thing because that's not really the reality of it because I went from making millions and losing and going back and making. Yeah. So it's more of a, you know, so I'm like, I have to keep it real. I want them to get this false perspective. So how would I teach this person how to invest in real estate if he were me? And you know what I'm saying? And I'm the person now that have, have done this. Mm -hmm. So uh, I told him, I'll let him know. And then I figured out how to do that. I says, okay, here's how I'm going to teach it. I think I'm just teaching in these phases. And I went back and says, okay, I'll teach you. I says, but under one condition, you need to, I want you to take all the notes and then I want you to type them up because he worked at the, uh, he actually worked outside the prison at the uh, auto mechanic shop. So okay. he had access to a computer. So I says, so I want you to type everything that I teach up, take the notes, type it up. And if you're willing to do that, I'll teach you because I didn't want to do this again, just in case somebody else wanted to learn. I figured like if we put it all down on a blueprint, I'll have it. And then if I needed to, I can teach it to other people if they wanted to learn. Right. So he was like, absolutely. And that's what he did, man. For eight months, I sat down and, and taught him and another gentleman. Uh, and uh, we created the blueprint, man. Four phases to becoming a successful real estate investor. Phase one, understanding the money, banking and financing. Phase two, real estate investment strategies. Phase two, uh, personal credit and business credit. And then phase four, uh, establishing your corporation and utilizing government uh, grants and free money to build your business. So that was the that was the foundation. And I, I said I eight it. months taught him that, man. And and it started with him. And then next thing you know, after they graduated, it went to like four other guys I taught. And then they graduated. And then after that, I was teaching on, on a yard like seven or eight guys. And that's what <laughs> I love was like. Enough is enough, man. Like <laughs> the guy came and says, man, you need to go see the principal uh -huh. and see if you can get a classroom because all these guys are lining up wanting to learn. So yeah. I finally went and met the principal of the high school. She says, you know what, Anthony, I don't have any space, but she says, but I know that the college does. Let me introduce you to the director and the uh, director manager of the Urbana University. That was the college that was coming into the prison that was teaching the students. And I brought my course to them and told them what I want to do. They loved it. They was like, we love this. So they made it a certified program. Uh, they would get a certificate. I turned it into a 16-week program. I started teaching it. The average student in the class for college was like 10. And the this is outside of prison? This was inside. Yeah, it was inside the prison. Inside they the prison. In inside of, they yeah. would come inside they would come the prison. In, yeah, it was a college. They had a college yeah. inside the prison. Got so, it. So, yeah, and, that, and that was how people can get their associate's degrees and stuff like that through Urbana University. So the principal introduced me to the director. The director loved the program. So we established this 16-week program, and then I started teaching it. And, and I would teach it uh, each semester. Uh, it was uh, four. I, I taught it twice a year. Uh, well, yeah, twice a year. I, I taught it for four months. And that was the course, man. And, and, and my uh, average, I got twice a this was so crazy. Twice a week, I taught two classes. So I taught, I taught two classes twice a week, two separate groups, and each of them had an average of 35 students in each class. So I taught about 70, almost close to 80 students 
uh, per, per semester. That is so cool. And, and Anthony, that had for you personally had to help you eat your time and do your time because you were helping so many people that had to fill you up. Man, I mean, it was amazing, man. You know, I didn't even expect anything like that. I was just starting with one. But once I started teaching these guys, man, yeah. and and then I started seeing that the age group was like 18 to like 70. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So I had to kind of rearrange. I had to change the program in a way that would be able to. I kind of took the idea of no man left behind. Yeah. Because I knew that it was going to be a disparity in sure. education yeah. levels, and especially so, uh, sure. So I systematically, man, set it up where it was a fun class where nobody was left behind. I, I set up two. Uh, I had two study halls for each for each class, so they can come in in the morning uh, and get help. And then I had leaders. I would I, I would identify certain people that was doing great, and then I would break them into these groups of these leaders that will kind of reinforce sure. what we were learning. A little delegation. Yeah. So it was delegated, man. It was, it was, it was a beautiful thing. It, it, it showed me uh, just the spirit of the people and what, what their needs are in prison. And, and that was what sparked it, man. And that's why I look at even inmates and people in prison. I look at them entirely different because I dealt with everything and yeah. everyone while I was in there. Yeah. And I, I bet your parent or your, your, your mom and your kids had to be proud of this unique situation that you had created for no one else was doing this until you came in. And then there's this program that you're educating people that this is stuff, real stuff that they can use when they get out. I mean, this is educating somebody on real estate, investment, banking, mortgage, all those different pieces to where somebody can go out and actually use that and and put it into play and implement it. And that's that's a big deal. Yeah. That is a big deal. So tell me about this, Anthony. So you get through this time, um, and this is helping you eat up your time. You get close to, you know, as we all do, that, that six months to the door, a little bit of anxiety deal I'm getting. Uh, you know, those things you kind of compartmentalize, you put them to the side because you don't think about, okay, I'm, I'm not getting back into society today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. Then all of a sudden you're looking at, holy wow, I am. What what were you thinking about stepping back into the world? Man, I was, you know, I was happy, man. I mean, you know, during that time while I was locked up, man, I was able to accomplish a lot of things that I had never accomplished. I was used to business. I was used to not really using my hands. So I became a competent mechanic. You know what I mean? So I can work on any type of car. So I, I was happy about that because, you know, I learned so much about auto mechanics, you know, yeah. which was great because I had time to really get my hands dirty and learn how to put engines in and take engines out and, you know, and deal with the overall systems in the car. And then also I end up getting my, uh, I end up getting, becoming a, uh, got my license as a, a water treatment license, water one and water two license, which was, was an amazing feat because it was only at 40% pass rating. Right. So, so that was something that was, those were all little victories and, and yeah. things that was just. Well, you didn't waste your time. You didn't yeah, waste so your didn't, time. You know, yeah. And then I, and then I end up, you know, orchestrating one of the most successful real estate investment programs <laughs> exactly. in, in the state of Ohio, yeah. man. That, uh, so, so for me, when I was coming out, man, it was, I was extremely happy, uh, you know, what I had accomplished and I was happy to be 
finally coming home and yeah. and, and, and I was actually happy kept your for family the together. Yeah, and my family together, but I was happy for the guys that I was teaching because I was getting, you know, reports that I'm doing things while I was still in there teaching. I was getting out, taking my system and using it. Yeah. Uh, but but I was also so uh, just happy just for the opportunity to finally be able to be the new me because I was not the same person that came in. And, you, and nobody, be either you're going to be a better person or a worse person. Right. You cannot be the same going to prison. No. It's either going to go one way or the other. Yep. There's no in-between. So I was actually a better man when I came out. And and I was really happy, you know, to, to be home, you know, and to get out. Yeah, in six years, I mean, what what did you do? What was the day like when you got out after six years? I mean, it was great, man. You know, it was just like freedom, right? Like, it was like <laughs> we were driving in the car, man. Like, I was talking to my cousin. She came and picked me up. I'm like, all right, we went to go get something to eat. You know, that's the first thing. Like, what do we want to eat? Yeah, got to eat. I don't care. It. Let's get some breakfast, anything. Like, so, so you know, it was just it was just like a typical day, man. Just happy to be home, man. Happy to finally, you know, just be free. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, freedom's a big uh, deal. I mean, you know, yeah, when you do, when you have freedom taken away from you, um, you can't explain that really because you almost have to have it taken away from you. But when it's given back to you, boy, there's a lot of gratitude and appreciation for that. What yeah. what Anthony? Because I know you 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 hit the ground running. What did you do when you got out? Tell me what's going on now. Well, I mean, when I first got out, man, I didn't know really what I was going to do. A funny story is, is that, you know, I had, I had, I had these licenses now and I was thinking like, maybe I just, you know, I, I could make anywhere from 19 to $25 an hour in the water treatment field. So yeah. I was thinking, Hey, I'll get out and I'll do that, man. I'll just get my water license and stuff like that. But when I was sitting, talking to my, I told my cousin, like, I got to see my PO. So my cousin made arrangements to see my PO. Says, all right, let me meet my PO. So I meet my PO and I'm sitting there talking to her and, you know, she's telling me, hey, you know, look, you, you know, you're very low level uh, risk. So, you know, she tells me what my requirements is. I just had to email her twice a year. And she was like, and, but I, she said, but I want to know what you're going to do with your life. What are you going to do? And I said, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I said, I really don't know. I said, you know, I have all these certifications. So, of course, I'm going to try to see what I can do with them. I said, but really. I would love to open back up my, my real estate investment company and invest in real estate. And she's like, you know what? You're like the 10th guy that came in here and told me about, you know, I want to invest in real estate. That's because you're school. Yes. Yes. She <laughs> said, so they took this course inside of prison and she said, and, and, and they had this system and this 24 month rule and they had all this stuff laid out exactly how they were going to do it. And, She's like, you know what? You know, I was quite impressed. And I said, she said, so did you take the class? And I said, yeah. no, I actually was teaching the class. And she was like, oh, wow. She was like, man, Anthony, I want to commend you. She I said, love that. I've yeah. never seen anybody more prepared to come out in prison in terms of what they were going to do with their life. And quote, unquote, I'm sitting there not prepared. I don't know what I'm about to do with my life. Yeah. But she's telling yeah. me about my students. Students tell them what prepared. they're going to go do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I love that. So man, that what a great the, story that, that is. That was the moment right there. That was the moment where I said, okay, uh, I got to keep going. I got to be a pillar for these guys. Yeah. I got to be, you know, continuing to grow because they're going to continue to grow in this. So I don't want to be over here working at a gas station. Yeah, so they're kind of your inspiration, that. really, that you got these guys yeah, going. You got to keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got to be that guy that they can contact, that they can reach out to, that mentor, that they can continue to reach reach out to. And then also, 
you know, I, I still to this day, I mean, you got other guys. I mean, I got a call. I'll tell you another story. I got a call uh, a couple of months ago from one of the inmates that I used to uh, teach in there. And he had been getting trying to get in contact me for a while. And then, but I didn't know. But he finally, you know, through the channel, caught up with me, right? And he says, you know, we were loud. We used to play we used to play chess a lot with each other there. So I like, yeah, I need to come out there and whoop your butt again and some chess. So we just fun and having fun, you know, talking or whatever. And he's like, yeah. He's like, man, first, first, first and foremost, Anthony, he says, man, I just want to let you know, man, how you have changed so many people's lives. And I'm like, man, whatever, man. I ain't trying to, you know, do uh -huh. all that. He says, no, man. He's like, he says, you don't know how many people's lives you have changed since you've been gone. You've been gone. But he says, but your program it's still changing lives in here, man. And you ain't been in here in seven. He says, I've been teaching it. You got other people teaching it. He says, he says, you have changed people's lives, man. And he's like, so I just been wanting to just call you to tell you, thank you, man. Like you have done, you know what I'm saying? Something that I will never forget. And our students and the guys in here will never forget. Your name is always ringing in here and everybody just loves you, man. So, you know, and I, and it that is me very feel, cool. Man, you know, I did that, you know, that was, that was, that was pretty cool. No, it is very cool because you know the, the thing of it is, is if you if you do your time and you you don't waste your time, it's interesting because when you walk into prison, you walk in on your own, and it's always how you, those guys leave prison. You know, is it the high five slaps? Is it you know the the you know wishing you good well, or is it you just kind of sneak out of there because you really didn't do much? And yeah. I, and I think you know that's something that I always noticed in prison is you knew who the guys were that made their time work because you saw how they, they left prison and you, you, you made an impact. You, 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 in a, in a bad situation, a dark situation, you, you created a light for guys to go towards the, to better themselves. And there's not a ton of that when you talk about prison. I mean, you, 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 you and I, we're talking, Anthony, about the movie Shawshank Redemption. There's a line in that movie that is so true. You get better, you better get busy living or get busy dying. And um, that goes on to life, too. I mean, not just prison, but there's really only two kinds of prisoners, the ones that are curled up and have given up and the ones that are trying not to lose themselves and, and trying to better themselves. And, and you did that. And I think that's so cool. Take me to where you are today. What's going on with you? I know you've got the book boundless success. You've got yeah. uh, your Academy. I want you to talk about uh, you're still, I think in the real estate world. So what, what's, what's in your family? What's go, what's going on with you today? You know, great. I mean, man, you know, family is doing great. My kids is doing great. Of course, you know, I've been able to bond with them. When I first got home, that was my number one thing was to get my boys uh, because they were struggling. My daughter was already in college. She's been doing extremely well. She's a nurse. Uh, but I got the boys when I got out, man. And that was really my number one goal when I yeah. first got out to, to get the boys. So I finally, after six months, was able to get my own place. I've had the boys move in with me. Uh, my youngest started high school. My oldest was going into his last year in high school. Uh, so, you know, that was like a big, good moment for me to finally have them all together, had a family back together. So that was the great thing. And then after that, man, it was grind. It was like my boys was able to just see the steps, man. I mean, I started off, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing turns and, and doing renovations and, and I opened back up the company. I, I did my first project. I did a consultant project. It was like five grand. Uh, and then I, you know, I was off and running like, okay, I'm back in the game. And then, and then I started doing turns for other people. I opened back up my construction company 
and I was the only employee, you know, and I was just doing, you know, stuff to, to, to really pay the rent, man. And, and that was all of the end of 2015, came home in March. I did that for all of 2015. By the time 2016 started getting momentum, in 2016, I purchased uh, my first three properties, uh, you know, and then by the time, you know, 2017 and going into 2018, mid-2018, I owned probably more than 17, 18 properties. I purchased probably more than $10 million in real estate. Was it, so it's just, it's did you have, a, Anthony, did you, did you have a hard time being an ex-felon, being able to get financing towards that, or were you able to set it up in a way that uh, you were able to do all that and, uh, and keep it all working? No, that's a great question. Uh, that's the good thing that I love about investing in business and real estate is that it doesn't really have anything. It doesn't really care too much about that type of stuff. You know, uh, are there are, are there companies that 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 go deeper and want to know if you have do background checks and want to make a decision based off of your past history? Yes. But I, one thing is that the great thing about before I ever went to prison, the one thing that I understood is I understood the money. And here's what I know about money. People with money need people who actually can get out here and make them make their money, make money. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people can care less about whether you're a felon or anything like that. If you're good at what you do and if you live in your life in in a way that's, you know what I'm saying? You're advantageous to them and yourself. Right. So now that I was out, you know, nobody, I mean, nobody really knew who, if I was in prison or not. And my company, when I opened it back up, I put everything in my company. So I didn't put anything in my name. So right. I don't I don't have any problems with the police. I don't have any because I don't own anything. My business owns everything. And, and, and that's the way that I taught my students when they got out. And that's the way that I lived as well. So because you because when you get out and if you was an ex dope dealer, or whatever, it doesn't matter. You can be doing the greatest things in the world. If, you're, if they pull your name up, a police officer is nine times out of ten is going to just stop you simply because it's going to come out that you're an ex felon. And, and it's just it was sad. But it's just the reality, right? So I, I don't, I you know, I did everything business wise, and to this day, I mean, Anthony Pierre don't own anything. Yeah, you know, so so does. I don't, I don't have that issue and problem, and I'm able to get loans. And matter of fact, within within a few years, been out, I had as much as a five million dollar line of credit. Uh, so I mean, you know, and, and I teach my, and I taught my students how to do all of that yeah. and how to purchase and how to do those things without having to worry about dealing with the the police and cops and then understanding the money. Right. You know, I can go, if I, if I got a person right now that I know that I can help them make, you know, 10, 20, 30% return on their money and I can do it in a, in a way where they're protected and they feel safe, they will hand me a million dollars. I yeah. mean, it's just that simple, right? So when you understand those things and then you lose the fear of, you know, worrying about what people might think of you, no, you have to just step into your shoes Confidence. and be you. Yeah. Yeah. With confidence and be you. Yeah. I love that, Anthony. What do you think is your most favorite thing about being out with just, you know, the freedom of, of getting through the six years? What, what do you think you appreciate the most? You know, just, you know, uh, options, man. I I just love the fact that, you know, you have options. I don't, and and I control my own space. Like, you know, in prison, you had evil, uh, COs, male and females controlling your life sometime and you had limited options. You couldn't, you only could do this. It's like, you <laughs> yeah. only can do this and that's it, right? You only can have this type of food. 
You know, you only can go so far. You yeah. might can get $21 a, a month, <laughs> but that's about it that you're going to make, you know what I'm saying, yeah. in prison, right? Like, it's a little so thing. Out here, it is like no limit yeah. on what you can do, whether it's business, whether it's spiritual, you know, whether it's helping people. You know, I've been able to, since then, uh, start the academy. Uh, I wrote the book last year. Then I, then I opened up a state master's, a real estate academy which now I'm teaching people all over the country how to invest in real estate uh, through those four phases that I talked about a little bit earlier, uh, but also helping it, taking it into a whole nother level because I'm able to teach a lot of things that I couldn't teach in prison because I needed them to be focused when they got out. Uh, and I didn't want them to be distorted by all these other different things. I wanted them to focus on certain things. So, so now I'm able to kind of open that up, take it through stages. I got a intermediate that I'm teaching this summer. I'll be adding to, uh, to my uh, course, an advanced course where we would get into, you know, deeper things. Is it an uh, online course, Anthony? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh, we have an educational portal online. They're able to learn. They're able to. How would to somebody start. get? How would somebody look for that? Well, I mean, you could you can go to if you can contact me. You can go to estatemaster.cc mm-hmm. okay. and it got you know you can reach out to me. You could email me. Uh, you know, we also have. Uh, I'm on social media. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. You can look under Anthony Pierre uh, and pull me up there. So I'm on all the social medias and stuff like that. So you can find me if you want to find me. You can go put Anthony Pierre in and jump on, you know, and if you're interested in getting a book. And and if you want, I'll I'll give you some links and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'll put that that in when we do the, uh, when we release everything on social media too. Yeah. One last question for you, Anthony. Um, You've been through a lot and, yeah. you know, for people listening and, you know, they, they hope that they, when they get knocked down, they can get back up and they hope that they can stay positive. What do you think is your biggest takeaway from everything that you've been through or a few of them? Uh, well, I mean, my biggest takeaway is, is that, you know, everyone is going to have trials. You know, they, you cannot you know, live in this imperfect world without having trials. And it doesn't matter how much money you got in your bank account or not. You're going to deal with trials. You're going to have these moments where you think your world is collapsing and and then you can't breathe and, and you need help. I mean, everyone, I don't care who they are. You can be from Michael Jordan to the most lowest of who you may, you know, in, how we may look at in society. We all, you know, are flesh and blood, so we're going to have issues and problems. So my biggest takeaway is, is that, you know, like I put in the book is there's no such thing as failure. You only fail when you stop, when you quit a light, a switch, a radio. It only stops, you know what I'm saying? When you unplug it or yeah. when it's broken. But as long as you continue to go and continue to move forward, there is no stopping you. Momentum is powerful. Yeah. And the only way you can get momentum is by moving. So when you're laying in the bed and you don't want to get out of bed, the success for today is get up out of the bed yeah. because that's a success in Action. itself. And then take those steps, you know what I'm saying, to be able to deal with what you're dealing with. And then also take take responsibility. Yeah. Whatever you're dealing with, you know, nine times out of ten, you know the solution to the problem. You just don't want to face it. Right. So that's where the real courage come in. Yeah. When you just will just face it. It doesn't matter if you're going to have to go to prison. It doesn't matter if you're going to, whatever it is, when you face it, that's when you actually will grow through it yeah. because now there's going to be an even greater blessing on the other side. 
I love that. Good stuff. We can leave it there. That's a good way to end it, Anthony. Good stuff, <laughs> man. Okay, so Boundless Success on Amazon. Um, and if you want to check out my book too, it's Nightmare Success. They're both on Amazon. I definitely want to check it out. So, and Anthony, man, just proud of you. Just, uh, you know, gosh, that's that's what you want. Um, and I, I think it's cool that your kids saw this, how you – you know, you, you, you built up, you fell down, you felt, you found yourself, you, you taught others, you helped people in a dark, in a dark patch. It's all good stuff. And, and how you affected those people going forward, you're continuing to affect people with change uh, in a positive way, making a difference. That's the good stuff. And, and that's got to fill you up. It fills me up just listening to it. So Anthony, thanks so much. And everybody out there, appreciate the likes and the shares and the subscriptions and uh, we're on YouTube. You'll be able to see Anthony and, and me here uh, on our YouTube link. So, uh, and I'll make sure that we have all the links for Anthony in the end here. So anybody wants to get a hold of him, we'll be able to do so. Anthony, my man, my man, thank you. Hey, thank you. And like, I want to let you know too, man. Thank you for inviting me, man. It's been a pleasure. And I'm proud of you as well, man. Thank I you. know the journey as well, man. And I, and I'm super proud when I see, you know, you out here doing your thing, despite all the trials and tribulations that I know you had to face when you went through what you need to go through. So likewise, man. So, I appreciate that. Everybody nightmare success in and out. Thanks for being here today.